0: Episode 115 of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored today by Dexcom and Omnipod. Today on the show, Grammy nominated country artist Eric Paslay. Huh? Who comes through for you with the, uh, with the interviews? Scott does. That's right. Let me just rattle off a couple of songs here She Don't Love You, Friday Night, High Class, Song About a Girl. I don't think I can actually play any of the music on the podcast legally. So, you know. Let's get- Oh, what was that? To not be high class. Yeah, I, yeah, it's there's laws against these sorts of things, and I don't understand how they work she or uh. heard
1: all the best goodbyes. The fallen has a different meaning. To her you're just another guy. She
0: Eric's got it, man. He can write a song. He can record a song. Guys, great. And he also speaks openly about his type 1 diabetes for like the next hour. So check him out. Check out his music. If you don't know Eric, if you do, buy more of it and uh, enjoy this conversation we had about growing up and performing with type 1. Hey, good morning. Eric, good morning. How are you?
2: Doing good.
0: Excellent. I was um, like,
2: how does this work? All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> You're using someone else's account too, right? I am. Yeah, that's smart because I could be a lunatic and then Skype you constantly.
2: No, I just don't ever, I, have, I don't have Skype on my computer right now. I remember I used it overseas on my phone before, but I haven't, I haven't used it in a while.
0: Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical, or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making changes to your medical plan. I appreciate you doing this because it's. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about it, and it's re- we're recording now. But um, the podcast has been going for well over hundred episodes at this point. It's coming up on a quarter of a million downloads. And um, what I'm finding is is it's just casual conversations between, you know, with someone who has type 1 diabetes or, you know, someone who's, you know, a caregiver. The conversations open up, I think, avenues that people don't expect maybe sometimes and then the listeners really get something out of it. I've just this morning kind of banging around here waiting to talk to you. uh, I've gotten two different messages um, in different social media platforms about people who are just, you know, finding out new things and A1Cs are going down. And so I appreciate you talking because, believe it or not, you're going to say something at some point. It's going to help somebody, you know, so.
2: Yeah. No, I think that's – it's just – it's pretty amazing just how many uh, – how much technology has come along even in the time I've had diabetes. It's just kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, you no, know?
0: yeah no kidding. When, well, how old are you?
2: I'm 34, and I was diagnosed when I was 10, so I've had it for 24 years.
0: Oh, no kidding. And the, I, the person I spoke to – for last week's episode, same deal, 25 years was, was just your age too. And so when, you, when you're when you diagnosed at 10 years old, um, what did they, I mean, they gave you, what, you got like a, not even a meter, you were probably using sliding scale and like Humalog? You know
2: what, they had just, I had just gotten a, a meter, they were, they, were, they, were, they were quite large, they looked like a, a you know, a, a tape cassette, like a VCR, mm-hmm. <laughs> VHS tape size, and uh, I think it took about a minute for the for it to test so I wasn't you know I wasn't just looking for ketones and look at the color on a strip you know but um so grateful that that they actually had the technology of, of testing blood sugar level with with blood you know
0: yeah but that so, meter that meter wasn't like portable though right that was just sort of something you left at your home it actually was I had a big I, I called it
2: my bag I had a bag with that in it and I, both insulins and lancets and syringes and you know, alcohol swabs and, and all that stuff. It just kind of went with me. And there was even an ice pack we would put in there so, your, so the insulin wouldn't get hot, you know.
0: And every day it, you went out, you you packed that bag, and you took it with you.
2: Yep. Oh. Went with me everywhere,
0: you know. I was like, where's my bag? <laughs> now I, th- but, I think about my daughter who's uh, just about 13, and she's had type 1 uh, since she was 2. Uh, wow. But she, you know, she, she can get out of the house with her iPhone and a PDM for her, you know, uh, for the, for the Omnipod and, you know, maybe a, some test strips and a Lance and she's good, y- you know? So,
2: yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got, I was 18 when I got an insulin pump and I, cause it, when I was diagnosed, it was basically like, you know, regular insulin and you mix it with NPH and you better eat lunch on time or you're going to plummet, you know?
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And uh, I can't even imagine back then, like, what my blood was doing. I know, I mean, I've always taken care of myself as, as best as I could and, and all that with the tools I was given. But uh, when I was 18, I finally gave in and got an insulin pump. I, I played baseball. So I was so terrified. Like, I don't, what if this thing rips out of my side, you know, and I'm sliding in home and it's winning the game, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, it's, it's fine. Like, you you're. it's not going to rip out of you. And, if somehow you're lucky enough to somehow pull that off, it's not going to hurt anyway. But, um, but it's, uh, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was probably the biggest, one of the biggest steps of, in technology for me was getting that. But recently by far, and I, I still keep going, like what was the biggest leaps and bounds of, of, of helping me with my diabetes? And, uh, I've probably, I've a Dexcom CGM for about a year now. Okay. And, mind-blowing like i mean it's like I, I call testing my blood with a meter prehistoric you know <laughs> no, very you know and uh but it's it because it really i mean it's like uh, i was i my uh my i was actually i'm a musician so i was on the road this week mm-hmm. and uh actually i and i knew it and it was on me at my the the transmitter battery went out and i knew that it was about to go out and anyway so for a day i didn't have it and i was testing with the meter and thinking like, man, I'm like getting snapshots of what my blood sugar level is when I'm used to seeing a reading every five minutes, you
0: know? Yeah, it's, but, it really is crazy. The, the, the amount of data that you didn't have prior that you have now, yeah. and then when it's gone for a second... I mean, I do find here. I will say this, and I don't know if you've had had a CGM long enough to have this feeling yet. But there are times when you know there's the reset period, or something like that happens, or you know your yep. batter, your battery goes. A two hour reset period. Yeah, you're like, oh no. <laughs> do you still feel like you have a better idea of what's happening because you've been seeing it for a whole year? Like, do, are you ne- less nervous without it, or do you still lean on it enough that it, it? Because I guess my I guess I should go back and ask this question, right? So yeah. you're, you're living for 23 years before the Dexcom with diabetes, mm-hmm. and you had a way of handling things. Had, right. you know, did that change greatly once you could see your blood sugar constantly? A thousand percent. And because how, how, please?
2: The first thing I realized was the way that I treated my lows was sending my blood through the roof. Mm-hmm. Like I would drink a big old glass of orange juice, you know, going like, well, you know, forty, fifty grams. Like, I need that to get back up, so I'm not low. You know, yeah. And get the CGM, and it's like I'm like flying with like double arrows up to 280. You know, and then like <laughs> my gosh, and then taking an insulin, and then I'm crashing down, just overcompensating. Which is one thing when you get it, a CGM is you're learning don't overcompensate. Like, remember like what you're taking. But the way I treat lows now is completely different. What I eat before I go to bed now is completely different because I was realizing how high my blood was actually going with, you know, I'd I'd eat certain bowls of cereal at night going, well, this will last through the night. And then realizing I'm going to 300 at night and not even realizing because you go to bed at, you know, 130, you eat a bowl of cereal and you wake up at 95, you know, or at 140. And you're like, hey, cool. I had a great night. I cruised all the way through. But you didn't realize you skyrocketed up, and it just came back down overnight. And that's the wildest thing is getting to see what your blood sugar levels doing when you're not even looking. You know, you just open it up and follow follow the dots on your phone to see where your blood went. But um, so that was a big change on how I treat stuff. Yeah, and even
0: eyes. Oh, you know. Well, I'm sorry, but I was gonna. What I was gonna say is that you're you're almost exactly told the story of of when my daughter was younger. And I had this this blood sugar I'd put her to bed at, and she'd wake up at ninety. And I thought I I thought I was a genius, honestly. You know, I was like, wow, I'm really great at this. And then we got the Dexcom, and what I found was she was going to bed at almost one sixty, one eighty. Her blood sugar was falling into the fifties and sitting there. And then I guess her her liver would kick in and and give off oh. some glucose, and then she'd be at ninety when she woke up. And and it was a it was it was a, a horror ride overnight that I was completely unaware of. Right. Yeah. It just it's it's insane. It, it that, that that you could have gone so long just with that happening too. And so, how do you feel now that you're not bouncing up and down anymore? Because the way you spoke about it, it's how I talk about. It. Like I I call it like bumping and nudging. Like I'm always, I set Arden's my daughter Arden's. Um, her her tolerances are are pretty tight at 70 for the low and, and we're at one thirty for the high right now. But I'm I'm thinking right. about thinking about That's, going to one twenty. Hey, good job. Right, right. And then you just kind of when you see it going one way or the other, you just kind of bump a little bit. Maybe it's a little right. insulin, or maybe it's a little carbs, or maybe it's like cutting your basil off for a little bit or whatever it ends up being. Right. Um, but but now you went from bouncing up and down to being, I'm assuming, in a in a tighter space yeah overall do you feel differently and and how has it affected your life
2: i totally i will know pretty much if i'm anywhere near 85 basically i can feel my lows much better now like before i had dexcom i i mean i'd I'd have to be at 55 60 to go like dang i need to get something to eat i don't feel right you know and i'd go test my blood and i'm sure enough at 50 58 or you know and uh which is like, that's, that's low. Like if you're like really crashing, you, that's like, you're going to eat the whole kitchen, you know? Yep. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I, I have realized over, over this last year of having it, I, I can feel myself being low and, and at a, and at a okay level before it's dangerous, you know, right at 80, it's like, you're still functioning you go, yeah, let's go get some food and, and you have times where you're not going to totally crash. Um, but that really is a cool feeling, and, and even the other day when I when my when it wasn't working when I it was all on me I just let the battery run out and didn't have the replacement on me. But I uh, I still like there was a moment where I was like, man, I yeah I need to get something to eat. And I went and tested it, and sure enough, I was at like 85. You know, and that would have not happened had basically it's proof that my blood sugar level has been very steady. And my body recognizes when an extreme change happens. And even when I'm at like 200 now, I can feel that, which it used to be 250 where you kind of feel that high blood sugar level in your blood going,
0: ah, something's wrong. You know, yeah, your body, your body's more accustomed now to being in a, in a, in a comfortable, a healthy, healthier place. Yeah. So,
2: and it really is amazing how the body can learn that, you know, like re teaching it to, to feel highs and lows better. And hopefully and, and where yeah, I think the longer I wear this, and the more I, I really dial in my blood sugar level smaller and smaller in that target area, uh, I'm sure the, the, when I get to 160, I'll probably start feeling it, you know. But it's uh, pretty
0: cool. It's it's amazing. My daughter's um, uh, pretty athletic, and you can see her foot speed decrease as her blood sugar gets higher. Yeah. You, you know, and it's 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 visually it's 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 that clear like you can just see it she she climbs a little too high usually you know i don't usually more than 140 150 in that range and all of a sudden she just sort of slows down and uh
2: you know as far as exercise though i definitely i get to exercise a lot more than i would have because it's like you know go run a couple miles and then you're like done you've crashed completely and uh going like God, i just ate a protein bar and some juice and with me, when I exercise, I run through carbs. It is kind of crazy, no pun intended, run through carbs. But I, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of, I'll carry, I'll just carry an extra granola bar or something with me when we're running. Chill out for a second, eat a granola bar, and I can keep, keep, keep get an at least an extra mile in or something, uh, which I wouldn't have. So it's like healthy and healthy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you're getting more exercise because you can see your blood sugar, and I'm assuming you're not experiencing the same kind of lows afterwards either
2: right Yep. well it's just being able to have a pulse on it and really see where you're at so you can treat it when you need to because it's like i don't want to load myself up to 250 before i go running you know so i just make sure I'm, I'm got some good carbs in me and then when i'm running just keep keep eating and looking at my phone swiping it going okay we're good let's keep going
0: you know or have you begun to um like, do you pre-bolus your meals? Do you get insulin going before you eat now? Which I'm assuming is something you couldn't do previously, too.
2: Right. I mean, you know, I'll I'll, I'll slightly do it depending on where my blood sugar level is. Usually, I'm sitting around 100 or something, Not, you know, as is, is the goal before
0: I eat. So, it's kind of, you know. You, you don't have – there's not space for too much of a pre-bolus. And it's, yeah, so, not really. So, like, in a couple of minutes. Like, no Go ahead. Yeah. In a, yeah so, I mean
2: i I tend to my, my insulin tends to kick in pretty good I'll pretty much when I sit down and the food gets there it's like okay I can get my insulin and
0: there we go you, but, you, um, Oh, so you have a good action time then so yours works pretty quickly for you yeah okay oh, yeah um, so good. I, I was gonna say in a moment my my daughter's at school right now and in a moment she's gonna text me and we're gonna do her pre bowls for for lunch and she's in that situation where right now her blood sugar is 80. It's been yeah. it's been 80 for about an hour and 15 minutes and so I still need to give her insulin because she's gonna have a like a carb heavy lunch and we need to give it a bit of a you know she it has to get a head start for her but at the same time at 80 I can't give it too much of a head start because she's still she'll still be 10 15 minutes away from actually eating so, yeah. so you know so we'll do a, a pre- bolus but we'll extend it and so she'll only get a very tiny bit up front if maybe Maybe even not any upfront, and then just break the entire bolus out over the next half an hour, and, yeah. and that's the kind of thing, you know, I, you couldn't imagine prior to seeing how the insulin worked. You know, I I, I tell I, you know I, I talk about it here on the time, but I think that I think that the the main kind of component to understanding your blood sugar is to know how the insulin works in you. Once you can have a reasonable expectation that if I take it now, it does this. If I wait this long, this happens, those sorts of things. Once you understand that, then you can kind of line up the carbs with the expectation you have for the insulin. And yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's just information to be perfectly honest but the prior to Dexcom. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out. I'm
2: going to text you next time I eat lunch, be like, Hey, I'm at this. What do you think? (laughs) You're like, that's like
0: amazing. Eric, I, I joke all the time that I would love to manage like an adult's diabetes for a day just to see if it would go yeah. as well as this. Goes. Because now, because we're talking about it, and, and maybe you'll be maybe you'll be kind enough to share. Maybe you don't want to one way or the other. It's not a problem. But yeah. um, for four years now, my daughter's A1C has been between five, six, and six two. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and that's I, amazing. I just tell you, thank I'm you. I appreciate. A- it
2: yeah that's amazing. I'm usually like six eight six seven six, six somewhere in there
0: but you see, know that's amazing too by the way you, not, bad. You, you know, not w- bad you know what you don't have that she has is that she lives with diabetes while someone helps her manage it, and you're on your own. I mean, I'm assuming you're on your own are you married or do you have somebody with you that, that you know
2: what pays yeah attention? married, I'm married, so um when I got the dexcom for sure and i I, I don't even think about. Just think about parents. Like think about my parents when I had diabetes and times I'd go over to friends' houses to spend the night. It was it was definitely had to be the right family that we knew would take care of me. It was usually like friends that had doctors' dads or moms. You know, <laughs> so <it's> like, okay, <laughs> that's
0: funny. You can go. You can go, go, you can go there. Or go. Not there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Our or Carson because his mom's a nurse. Cool. Go hang out with them. But um. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's like I travel on a bus all the time. So it's like, I'm asleep in a bunk in, on a, on a, in a bus. And it's like, no one's really checking on me, but my wife can just swipe her phone and see that I'm good. You know? And if it's, if I'm going low, usually I'm up, you know, eating a granola bar and sipping on a little juice. And, and I just kind of say eating and give her a little love smiley face, you know? So she's not worried about me, but, um, that's amazing. The, as far as my profession of being on stage and running around and singing and having energy. Um, it's like, I want to give all my fans a great show. And if I have a low blood sugar level, one, I'm going to forget lyrics <laughs> 2 I'm not going to have near the energy three. I'm going to be like, please, someone give me juice. And then that's going to take a minute to kick in, you know? So, um, and now that doesn't happen anymore. I, my uh, tour manager and my whole crew, it's like, they all have it on their phone, so they're watching my blood sugar level while I can't watch it, dancing around on stage and singing and rocking out a show for people. And if, the rule is if I get around 110, we always have a cup of juice on the stage. And if I get around 110, I just start sipping on juice to carry me through the show. And uh, and it also looks like I'm having a good time with the crowd too. You, know? <laughs> a double arrow down during a show and chug the whole thing. They're like, yeah, he's, he's partying. You know,
0: you think you're but banging just, down a beer and you're just trying me to ch- keep your blood sugar level right. <laughs> just chug
2: the whole whiskey, man. But you know, but it's it, but it, and, and and I mean, heck, it, it, as long as they get a great show, that's my my goal for them. My goal is to always make sure people get a great show, and 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 diabetes definitely doesn't get in the way of that near, near as much as it used to, uh, when you're just kind of flying blind before I had this, it was completely flying blind. Yeah. Test your blood before and hope that it wasn't actually headed downwards and it carried you through the show. And, and there, you know, every one in five shows running around, it's like, you know, I'd feel a low coming on and, and have to get some juice and drink it down in the middle of the show. It's like, I'll be good. Cool. You know? And, and, and the shows always went on. I've never like passed out on stage or anything, but Um, so extremely grateful for that, but I do know that I give better shows because my blood sugar levels always at a great level.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's something, again, it's something I talk about a lot that as a, as the person who I, you know, I don't have diabetes, but as the person who loves somebody who does, it's always sort of one of my, my, my main goals is that my daughter gets to live her life as who she is, you know, and, and if your blood sugar is too low. I mean, or too high, honestly, that's not who you authentically would be in about a million different ways if your blood sugar was where it needed to be and where where it should be, you know? And so I think of those as sort of like stolen moments, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. you know, you don't get to be you or you have to sit around holding your head for 15 minutes or you're dizzy or you're, you know, or maybe you're foggy, you know what I mean? And then the next thing you know, you lost an hour of your life and yeah. here she is right now. Um Oh, so here we go. She needs to calibrate her Dexcom, and hey. and she's instead going to try to tell me she's twelve. I feel fine. I don't need to do that. That's what she's going to say. And uh, yep, she said it. Now I said test, please, and she said dad, which I'm assuming is, sup- is supposed to be read dad like like that. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's a uh, it- it's an interesting. You know, again, there's the, there's kind of an aspect of it that an adult doesn't have. Like if you get into a situation where you're like, oh, I should probably do this, but, you know, I, I'm not going to right now. If you, you get into that spot, you don't have somebody. Well, maybe you do have your wife. Maybe she's bugging you a little bit. Yeah.
2: Hey, don't keep
0: saying calibrate. <laughs> yeah, do it. Right, right. And uh, so, so while I'm kind of doing this over my shoulder with her, at the same time, I want to ask you. Um, you know, you said in, in the past, you know, you don't have to worry now about maybe passing out or anything like that. Was that something that was in your mind prior?
2: Like- yeah. I mean, I, I think for, it's just, you know, I call, I call having a CGM, like a, it's a GPS for your blood sugar level. Like, you know where it's going. Like you at least have a plan of what direction you're headed to, um, of whether you're just flying steady with a straight arrow you know, across or if you're headed upwards or if you're really headed upwards with a straight up arrow or a double straight up arrow and, it, and, and hopefully not, but it's double arrow down, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just, uh, I, I think, I think having sorry, what was the question? I got excited about having double
0: arrows. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what? I'll ask you the question again in a second. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you with what you were talking about when your blood sugar is falling that incredibly fast, and kind of to piggyback on something you were talking about earlier about getting low, not knowing what was going on, and sort of eating the kitchen and then going the wrong way. Um, she, she's she's now she's now uh, bugging me back again. Um, when you when you say that now the ability, I know for me one of the amazing things about, about, about seeing my blood, my daughter's blood sugar is if, you know, she doesn't crash very often. And I will say once or maybe twice a month, we get a low that sneaks up on me and it's unexpected. And, you know, you kind of have to throw a bunch of carbs at it and you know that after that arrow is stopped and you sort of see it kind of come down for, you know, a smooth landing, um, yeah. you know, that in the next, Fifteen or twenty minutes, that blood yeah, sugar is yeah. going to start heading back up again, up. Yeah. and you're in trouble, right? And yeah. and I always say to people like, you'll really know you're a diabetes ninja when after a double arrows down stops and you're sitting at forty five, you have the nerve to bolus for some of the food that you ate, right? And, you know what I mean? Because and and that comfort right there, I don't I don't have that without without a glucose monitor. Like I could never right. find it in the past and I would have never done it. You just kinda sit there and you go, you're scared, and your blood sugar starts flying back up and then you go, okay, and then you give them the you give the insulin then, and of course it's not enough because you're not compensating for the speed your blood sugar's moving or, you know, the amount of the distance it's gonna go beyond the carbs that you ate and everything. Yeah. It's just it's that's what keeps you off of that that roller coaster and more importantly, sort of out of dangerous situations. Because you can do the you can do the same thing with you know not protecting a low, but but protect, on a high, like you can be more aggressive, bringing a blood sugar down without going too far in the other direction. I'm telling you, it just it's night and day. Prior to this technology, my daughter's A1C, I could not get out of the eights. I just didn't, I didn't have the wherewithal. I couldn't figure it out.
2: Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's it, it really is mind blowing. It, ch- it changes everything, and it's just amazing. Um, I do always say it's like I'm grateful I was born within the last hundred years. You know, it's like because. I mean, we would, there, there wouldn't even be anything to talk about other than I ate some lettuce and tomatoes and I'm getting skinnier, yeah, you know, yeah, right. it's, it's kind of just heartbreaking when I think back then where it's like, you just, it, it eventually just got you, you know, you eventually died from it. So it's just amazing. Uh, I just, I'm grateful God let me be born now, you know, and, 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 and I, uh, people ask me like, are you angry that you have diabetes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really like, I don't know, maybe I'm just laid back. I mean, I, I'd rather not have it, you know, but I, I feel like it's made me who I am. It's, I mean, every, every, every situation, good, bad sickness kind of, kind of forms you into who you are. And I feel like, um, it'll, it probably allowed me to be, to not be afraid to be the odd musician in town. You know, it's like, I was already like the kid that had to get juice boxes and crackers in middle class, you know? So it's like to be the, oh, you're not getting a real job guy in town. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to do this because I feel led like I'm supposed to do this. And, it's, it's, and I'm okay being an outlier, you know. And and uh, I just kind of, in the last year, I've realized, like, um, even, even bad things can help you out. And uh, I'd rather not have diabetes. I'd rather no one ever have diabetes and we get a cure for it. Um, but just kind of in the positive light, uh, I, I think... Your daughter probably is more responsible than most 12-year-olds around her because she has to deal with diabetes. And uh, that's not a bad thing other than diabetes is there, you know?
0: No, I, I listen, I couldn't agree with you more. And, I, and, and I, I say it all the time, honestly. It's that having – I was just talking to a guy the other day who was, you know, completely separate of diabetes. He was talking about this sort of roadblock that he thought was on his way for his daughter. And he was trying to figure out – how, what he could do to make it not come up for, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like what, what can I do? And I, and I, and I stopped him and I said, you know, we're on the phone, you're asking my opinion. I said, my opinion is let it happen. You know what I mean? Let it happen. Let her hit this roadblock, let her find a way around it, help her if you need to, but, but let it happen. And then I told him, I said, I just think that, and I prefaced it the, almost exactly the same way you did. I would do anything if you and my daughter didn't have to have type one diabetes, right? But (laughs) as long as you do, the lessons that come from it are so powerful and so life altering that you can make the you can make the argument that if you can if you can get around the long term complications of type one diabetes, you probably are in many many ways going to have a better life for knowing that struggle than you would without knowing it yeah you,
2: you know I think just look at it with positive light you know and uh, but it is it really is and it's just the uh, it's cool being around, you know, the, the diabetes kind of community and just seeing people helping. And it's like getting to go to hospitals. I, when I'm on the road, we, we were up in Boston, got to go hang out with some kids and play some music for them and just encourage them, you know. And uh, it's just cool getting to meet people who have great hearts and, and care for people and and all the doctors and nurses and, and everybody that, that's involved. It's just cool to see a community like that when sometimes there's probably other jobs you could be in or things you could be around that's that's very selfish you know and it's just good to see that and see people working hard for other people and and taking care of us you know
0: in just a minute i'm going to follow up on eric's comments about community and then we're going to talk a lot more about the music business his process of writing and performing and, and all kinds of stuff actually but first let's talk about the Omnipod. Omnipod is the world's only tubeless insulin pump. It is Arden's insulin pump since she was four years old. She is 13 now. Well, she was almost 13 in a couple of weeks. Simply put, there's no controller you're walking around with clipped to your belt or jammed in your bra or shoved you know, in your pocket. It's just this little pump. It's a pod. It's just sort of, you know, it's adhered to your skin. It's stuck on and, and then you run it wirelessly with a little controller. It's not... It's not attached to anything. You're not tethered. You don't have to disconnect to go swimming or to go work out or to take a shower. And you're always getting your insulin. You know how you disconnect for a bath and then you start your blood sugar starts going up or you forget to put it back on and now your blood sugar is crazy high? That doesn't happen with the Omnipod. You know how you're walking through a room and your tubing gets caught on a door handle and it pulls out your infusion set? That doesn't happen with an Omnipod. You know how your blood sugar's kind of giving you a problem today and you have to pull out a needle every hour to give yourself more insulin and you're jamming and poking and prodding that doesn't happen with an omnipod you know what happens with an omnipod well for me it's really good a1c's for you i don't know i don't know what your benefit's gonna be but you should find out you should go to myomnipod.com/ omnipod.com forward slash juicebox and get the free no obligation demo pod so you can check it out for yourself and find out if what i'm saying jives with what you're seeing and if it does Omnipod helps you do the rest of the process and before you know it, you'll be pumping with the, the world's only tubeless insulin pump myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox next up Dexcom CGM, oh my goodness this is this is what you need let's see, I have a couple of ads here I can read, I don't know which one to pick from I'm gonna go with this one. The Dexcom G5 Mobile Continuous Glucose Monitoring System is the first FDA-approved device to let you make treatment decisions without pricking your finger. Just think about what that means. Sure, less finger sticks, but that's just the beginning. Because the future is now. To begin managing your type one diabetes with the same great technology that helps us to keep Arden's A1C between five, what is it now? It's not even five, when this was written, it was five, eight, and six, nine. I think it's like five, six, and six, two now. For over three years, visit dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or you can click on the link in your show notes. You know, and I, I nearly did forget that I, I do have to read disclaimer. So, finger sticks are still required for calibration, or if you're uh, an email in the middle of the disclaimer, finger sticks are still required for calibration, or if your symptoms or expectations do not match readings, or when taking medications containing acetaminophen. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Do it. Yeah, well, I have, I have two thoughts. So, first of all, I think that I think that without community, with a with a chronic illness like this, you, you can be lost for a very long time. It is it's super important to find other people who are living the same life as you and and draw from them and support them and have them support you back. That's amazing that you're doing that. Um, but but what I was thinking of saying earlier, and I don't want to lose my thought, was you know you're a, you're a musician, right? And but you're you're also you're accustomed to fighting for things just for, you know, the basic health that everybody else deserves. And a lot of, a lot of people own a guitar. A lot of people can sing. Um, I can't go on iTunes and type in all their names and see a picture of them come up in their albums. And do you think that, I mean, those, those early lessons, I'm assuming it is not easy to get to where you are. And, and a lot of work. yeah, yeah, and 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 are there, there are times along the way that you could identify back where it would have been easier to give up, but you just probably don't know how to give up? I would imagine.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, in Nashville they call it a ten-year town, you know, mm-hmm. because it usually takes about ten years for anything to happen, which is crazy. You know, like why? You must be terrible. It's like no, it just it just takes a while for it all to to, to line up. There's so many things that have to happen for you to be on the radio or for to get a record deal and all these things. But, um, and we all have different stories. Some people have show up and in a year they have a song on the radio somehow, you know, and and we all have different stories, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, there's always been something in my gut that just said, keep going and, and had little breadcrumbs thrown my way going, keep walking on this path kid, you know, and, and, uh, grateful for all those moments and grateful that I saw them and didn't give up and just kept going and going. And, and, uh, and I'm learning in this, in my career of, of doing music, it's always that way. You know, it's like, if you have one hit, you need another, you know, and if you have that hit, you need another to to keep the, to keep the show rolling. Um, and mainly just so fans get new music, but it's, uh, but I, I definitely, I'm sure that diabetes has helped me Kind of be a little stubborn on not giving up on things, knowing that uh, knowing that when you when you put so much effort into something, why would you just start letting your blood sugar level go high when you you know when you know better, you know how to do it. But it's uh, but yeah, I'm sure somewhere in in my DNA there's there's something in there because of diabetes that, that allows me to be a little more stubborn and work a little harder to to stick around. And I will also say, I, I believe there's about a million miracles in every number one song and every hit. But, uh, but, you know, you got to at least show up and, and swing the bat to see if the ball will go over the fence. You know, you
0: know I was listening to um, an interview with uh, Chris Stapleton about two weeks ago. And, it you know, it seems like that a lot of, what happened for him might have been because Adele's bus driver was listening to one of his songs. And that's not something you can set up for yourself. That's certainly yeah. true. <laughs> you know, did you, um, when you were down, when you were trying to make it, when you were trying to hang and, and, and get through your 10 years, so to speak, did you just perform? Did you write for other people or how did you, how did you yeah. stay? Yeah, I, uh,
2: I, I went to school just South of Nashville for music business. So for a couple of years to to finish up my degree. And the main reason for that was one, definitely to be educated in it, excuse me, but also just to be around it, you know, like intern and hang out and learn and go to writer's nights and just hear great songs and great songwriters and watch performers and just figure, and also figure out what you do. Like what, why, why should we let you sing? You know, what, what are you bringing to the table that's different or special or whatever? But, um, you know, just learning who you are as a singer is kind of what I what those years were great for. And, and got a got a publishing deal with a music company where basically music publisher hire songwriters to write songs for them to get recorded by someone else. Or maybe you record them. And the company I signed up with was like, hey, dude, we think you should get a record deal. But and keep writing, you know, and, and wrote there for four years and four years into it got uh had like three <clears throat> three number ones that year as a songwriter through other artists and my first one was uh barefoot blue G knight with jake owen and then uh eli young band recorded even if it breaks your heart and then wrote a song with love and theft which a song called angel eyes which went, went all the way and it was just kind of wild over these four years all these songs were getting written and for some reason the the floodgates open and and these three songs somehow wound up on the radio at the same time and they all just hit, you know, it was just.
0: And then all of a sudden you're hot and that's, that's that right. Now everybody's looking to you. Did you ever, in that process of writing, did you ever write something that you thought, I'm not giving this to somebody I'm holding on to this until it's my turn?
2: Right. What I've learned through that is that's not up to you. You know, you can't decide for a song to be heard you can't decide for a song to be a hit. It, it there's there's so many mysterious things that even being in the business and having hits and I think everyone that has had hits would would agree with me. You can't make a song get heard and people like it. There's there's great songs written all the time and that makes no sense if you haven't really been around it, but but that is the truth and I don't know what the mysterious thing is. But the wild thing is um, signed a record, I actually signed a record deal right right before all those songs hit, you know. And uh, I had songs I loved and and uh, ready to get them rocking. And 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 a couple songs didn't work, so I went back in the studio. And Lady Annabellum had recorded a song called Friday Night on their Own the Night record. And Charles Kelly, one of the guy, the tall guy in the band, was always he'd always joke with me like, "Man, it's going to be the fourth single. It's going to be the single," you know. And they never singled it. They never put it out to radio. And I was going in to record a record, and I was like, shoot, I'm just going to record Friday night. You know, it's like they they didn't put it out. So let's just see what happens. And that was that was my first number one song as a singer. So, I mean, that's a good example of it's the same song. It's just didn't, for some reason, didn't get sent to radio. And even if it was, who knows if, if it would have gone all the way or been heard and... um just timing and all kinds of stuff—the it factor of the recording to who knows what goes into songs getting heard—and uh, um, but it, it's it, it really is. That's why I say it's a million miracles when they get heard, and especially if people get to hear them a lot and actually fall in love with them and, and dig them, you know, and, and let them play all the way up the chart on the radio. But um, and buy it, you know, and come out to your show, and it's just just really great. Just it's, it's just really amazing just to see fans support a song and, and show up and sing and buy the t-shirt and, you know, and, and get excited about music. Um, but I'm actually, I'm actually in the studio right now again and, and recording more music. I was there in the studio yesterday and I'm still smiling cause it's going so great. It's like, this is really good music. So looking forward to new music coming out, but, um, but you know, it, and, and even in that, the struggle of for a while, uh, you know everyone's like so you're a songwriter why do you want to be a singer you know and it was kind of like i have a record deal i am a singer you know <laughs> they just haven't played me yet
1: i can <laughs> prove it
2: <laughs> yeah and it's like and it's it just wasn't time yet you know and and through that struggle i made a better record you know that that actually was the one that came out and i actually you know i've actually recorded I, i've recorded a whole album and and that one hasn't come out yet due to I don't know what, you know, and and so now I'm making another more music to that. And, uh, and I, I, it's, you know, it's, it's better. I don't know. You know, I I can't really, it's an interesting business. I'll just say that. And uh, I'm grateful I get to create in it and just really, you know, really excited. I get to do it every day and, and, and just learn through, learn through the, learn through the low blood sugar levels of going like, all right, let's do that better next time. You know? And, uh, and sometimes it it just, the insulin hits you unexpectedly and that's all right. And, uh, and you get over it and you, you give yourself some new energy again and go, go, go rock it. You
0: know? Well, I think what you're saying makes, it, it does make, you said earlier, you're not sure if it makes sense if you're outside of it, but I think it does. I think you put those songs out and they find their level. You know, they, they find the artist and the artist records them and what happens to them happens to them. And the one, they can't all hit, right? I, you know. Yeah. So so so, what works works, and what makes it back to you, I guess, is is right. What what's supposed to? Work. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I I don't get to write as much now, so I definitely am holding on to a lot more stuff. Sure. <laughs> but uh, but it's uh, but it really is amazing. I mean, you know, I've, I've written a, a whole lot of songs over the last ten years of of being a professional songwriter, I guess, in town, and um, you know, I don't even know how like thirteen, fourteen hundred songs. It's like the fact that even you know maybe 10 of them are known as is amazing yeah, you know
0: that's something else have you pretty much only been in the business during the digital musical music age like you um, or did you yeah when i first
2: know? got in it was there there was more album sales and then iTunes started catching on um i mean country is a little not not slow but it is easily the last market to really catch on to technolo- technological stuff like that right um but yeah definitely i mean it's it's just it's a whole new business, you know. Um, but there's music all the time, everywhere, which is cool. And if if you have a great song, people can just shazam it or stream it or whatever they want to do. And and uh, it's uh, it's interesting, man. It's always
0: changing. I watch my son, and my son's seventeen, and I watch the way he consumes music. And it, it, there are many ways that it would never even occur to me to find music, and that's how he listens to it almost all the time. And Yeah, yeah, it makes made me feel a little old actually. Once in a while, Uh, yeah, Uh, you know, hey, we want to hear this song, and and, you know, two years ago, I'll I'll find it on YouTube, and I'm like, isn't it just here? And they're no, 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 no. I'm like, okay, I "I think those people need the money, and he's like, no, they get money when I play it on YouTube. I'm like, are you sure? I was like, I don't know how any of this works. Uh, Uh, We don't get into
2: that, but yeah, uh, songwriters are not getting paid fairly at all, whatsoever. And people always think they're sticking it to the man. It's like, man, the the man left the music business a long time ago, and he's making apps for iPhones now. So, <laughs> it's, it's, the money is, you know, it, it's a whole, this is a whole rabbit hole of, of issues. Basically, laws need to be passed to make sure songwriters are paid.
0: No, I, I can't uh, agree with you more. I mean, when you create something, it's, you know, the amount of time and effort that goes into something to create is astonishing. I, I'll tell you the well, other day, I, I wrote a book three years ago. And its its time is coming on, but every once in a while I'll get a Google alert for it that it's available for free download somewhere, and I'm like, no, it's not. What are you talking about? You, you, you know, like the, if you you know if you want it, go buy it. Um, and you don't you can't download it for free. Uh, though, here's the point, Eric. I sat in my house for six straight months writing that book. I, I shut the rest of my life off to do that. And you you know and and by the way, when you buy it, I get a dollar. So it's not you know. I don't know who you're sticking it to, exactly. <laughs> the one, yeah. It's, yeah. it's an interesting business. And that's, uh, as, a, uh,
2: as, a, as a singer, and like, you know, Beyonce, and, and all these people, it's like they, they, you know, ultimately, singers make money off of touring. And, uh, and, uh, but the wild thing is, when you go to a show, what are they singing? You know? You, you're not just going there to see a celebrity stand there. You're not just going to see them dance. It's awesome to see people in reality. It's awesome to see them dance. But they're singing songs, you know, and, and it, it, it's kind of, you know, it, it's, it, it is and it's just people really grasping that thought of, you know, that song was written by someone that probably was a true story or just that they have spent their whole life crafting, knowing that when a great idea shows up, you don't just screw it up. You don't just have one great line. You have all great lines surrounding it and a melody that's worth singing to and, and a song you might dance with your daughter to it at her wedding or a song you might play at a funeral or whatever that moment is a song you might fall in love with or a song it might be with someone you shouldn't date. There's, and it's like people, you know, it's, it's the people behind the curtain that never get seen that are the ones that ultimately wrote that. And, and, uh, and that's their job. And, 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 you know, I think people just, don't know that, you know, they, they think they're sticking it to someone and, and, uh, but it is, you know, it, it is heartbreaking to see less songwriters in town because there's not money to pay them to write great songs. And, and I think if that ever goes away, we'll just, we'll just have copycats of every song ever ri- written. That was actually decent. Cause you're not going to have pros writing them anymore.
0: I think, yeah. I think I when you're talking about this, the one thing that strikes me is that, there's a, a real danger of turning the art into nothing more than the vehicle to get you to the show, and right. that is not what you want music to become. You know, you want you want. Listen, no matter listen, you're you, you know you 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 sing country and you write country, but I guarantee you, right now, I put a Beatles song on for you. You sit down and you sing it, and you're happy, and you have a big smile on your face. So, oh, I love all music, right? Yeah. Right, and those songs are in sometimes gosh at this point 50 and you know 50 years old and they've stood the test of time because an artist was allowed to sit and just create that song with no other intention other than to try to make a great song i i would i would be horrified to see music go the way of you know you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you see a movie that was clearly made just to put on video. So somebody could release it and, and with no real thought of if it's good or if it's valuable or if it'll stand the test of time, or even if you'll like it, like it's product to push out. And,
2: well, and it's also do people even recognize the difference is this quality, is this not? And, uh, you know, anything can get watered down, but, but it is, you know, there, there's, you know, songwriters are allowed to say the things that you're afraid to tell her, you know? And, uh, and uh you know if if you lose if you lose that you know it's uh it's it'll become groundhog day on the radio you know everything every hit will just be re-recorded because there's nothing else really great to happen i mean it'd be a bummer to see that happen anyway it's there's always great music being made there's more music than ever right now which is incredible it's just making sure that people are actually compensated fairly for for the job and the sacrifice they give and And I'll tell you, it's like a number one song does not mean you're going to retire. It is not that it means you get to stick around and hopefully get some more and, and, and we'll never retire, which is probably the catch 22 is you're going to do this anyway. Why should we pay you? (laughs) You You sucker.
0: You're an an artist. I'll just go to a bar where you'll play if this falls apart. (laughs) But you know, I am grateful and it really
2: is cool. Just, I actually was planning on being a pediatric endocrinologist when I was a kid No kidding. and, uh, I'll just wrap up with this. But it it really is wild. I uh, really thought I was going to be a a pediatric endocrinologist. I had great doctors. I I grew up around Don Wilson and Dr. Steve Ponder and just great, great guys and nurses and uh, taught me a lot. Went to Texas Lions camp as a kid sponsored by the Lions Club and got to learn all kinds of stuff and hang out with other diabetic kids every summer and uh, up until I was about 18 that's what I thought I was going to do. And then I started writing these songs and playing music and singing and everyone's like, man, you're, you're actually really good. Like you probably should go to Nashville and pursue that, you know? And, uh, and so I did, and it's just kind of amazing now how God's kind of lined up these roads where I, I, I've, I've had enough hits as a, as a singer that I, that I get to go hang out and, and encourage kids and, and, and adults and fellow diabetics and, and raise awareness and, raise money for research and all this stuff. It's, it really is cool and, and just sweet to me. I get to talk to you right now because, because of music and because I have diabetes and, and that we get to, you know, hopefully encourage other people to take care of themselves and hear new ideas on how to take care of yourself and, you know, embrace technology. It's like having a CGM Dexcom hanging off you is weird for a couple of weeks and then you get used to it, you know? It's like, hey, and it's life-changingly amazing and uh and and i you know, i'll probably live longer because i have a better a1c over my lifetime now
0: and better every day, <laughs> day, day to day you'll live you'll live better day to day hey so you yeah. see, so you said dr ponder are you from texas
2: yeah grew up in texas yeah. so i but he's awesome man
0: I interviewed him um, last year, and it's still a very popularly downloaded episode. Um, and it was funny because he came on and he started talking about how he handles things, and I was talking about how I handled. It. I'm like, "Hey, we're we're saying the same things using slightly different words." And wow. uh, and he was he was just great to to meet and speak to. I, I can't believe you got to uh, to be around him when you were growing up.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, there's a good reason why I thought I'd be an endocrinologist. I was around one of the best ones in the country, you know. Yeah, no.
0: Well, did you end up going to college or did you? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I went
2: to school for music business. Okay. So I actually
0: have a, de- a degree in music business. And so when you said you played baseball, was that in when you were younger in high school or? In high school, yeah, just when I was a kid all the way up through high school. Yeah, that's a good point. And
2: uh, then the, the baseball bat became a guitar. And I, I haven't broken one before yet, so that's good.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I want to let you go, but you know, can you tell you know tell me you, know, you you spent all this time doing this? Please take a minute and let people know where they can find your music and what you've got coming out and everything.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm on all those Instagram, Facebook, all those the the tube views and all <laughs> all that stuff. But um, but yeah, go check out the music. I, I just ericpasley.com It's E R I C. P-A-S-L-A-Y. Okay, and, and I'll,
0: I'll put links here for everybody too so they can just yeah, go through. Yeah, and through. I'm always on
2: tour. We tour, we're the Weekend Warriors. we from Nashville. We're kind of centrally located, so we just head out every weekend, every Thursday or, or Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm about headed, tomorrow I'll be headed up to North Carolina, or, well, no, South Dakota. Maybe I'm in North Dakota. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, go play some music and just go, go be out on the road. But we play all over the country, all year long. So come out say, Hey, and show off your Dexcom. Oh, you
0: know? That's cool. You'll be one of the people in the audience who knows that, uh, Eric's drinking juice when he's on stage and not, um, yeah. and not whiskey. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> all all right, dude, I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Man. Take
2: care. Thank you for doing what you do. I, oh, I appreciate that. Have a great day. All right. You too.
0: Bye. Bye-bye. Amazing thank you to Eric for coming on the podcast and talking about his life with Type 1 and telling us all that cool stuff about the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff of songwriting and performing that I didn't know. And thank you, Dexcom and Omnipod, for sponsoring the podcast. Please go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox to find out more. Also, ericpazelay.com, E-R-I-C. P-A-S-L-A-Y and dot and com. I think you can figure out on your own. There's been a lot of sort of special episodes lately with some famous people and stuff like that. But the next couple of episodes for the next month are just going to be regular old conversations with regular old people living regular old lives with type 1 diabetes. There is a bonus episode out right now about the AccuCheck meter, the new AccuCheck meter, which I think is worth listening to. Uh, It's an interesting look into a new blood sugar meter. Also, a lot of things came out at the very recent American Diabetes Association meeting that just happened out west, and I will be interviewing a lot of different people about a lot of things that came up there. So look forward to that in the near future. Goodbye.